and all my knowledge, I trained, I help people out. It really does pay itself back um, when you do it the right way. In this case, I got a best-selling book out of it because I'm the one that took the risk to, to overgive. I think you know to the group that I was in. I didn't just sit back and withhold knowledge and not help people. That was Phil Singleton, and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we will explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Welcome back to Guild Stories. Uh, Super fun conversation that we are about to have with a uh, a, a newer friend, but a friend that I feel like I've known for a long time. So Phil Singleton, and, and I'll give you a quick bio. Um, it, it, I've had to condense it because the dude is like ridiculously smart and way outside of my league, but um, we, we like convinced him to come on anyway. So super pumped to have him. Phil Singleton is a web designer, SEO expert, and an award-winning author. Since 05, Phil has owned and operated a digital agency based in the lovely city of KC. In 2016, Phil and John Jantz, who some of you may have heard of, um, from Duct Tape Marketing, co-wrote SEO for Growth, the ultimate guide for marketers, web designers, and entrepreneurs. SEO for Growth is an Amazon bestseller and has been listed as a top marketing book by Mashable, Oracle, and the Huffington Post. Um, Super awesome. It's also been featured on MSNBC, Entrepreneur, and Search Engine Journal and was named by Forbes which <laughs> it's like, how do I get this dude on the show? Named by Forbes as the number one SEO book on the list of essential SEO books for every startup to read. Phil's also an author of a popular WordPress SEO plugin that has been downloaded over 500,000 times. And his latest startup venture, Podcast Bookers, is a service that helps marketers and execs get booked on established podcasts as a way to develop authority, personal branding, improve Google search engine optimization, and most importantly, generate new leads and sales, grow people's businesses, um, and be a really generous, thoughtful dude in the process. So Phil, without further ado, man, welcome to Guild Stories. Oh, I'm so stoked. Thanks so much for having me, Justin. This is going to be a blast. Um, yeah, again, I'm smiling going, how did you agree to come on this thing? Like, how did, <laughs> we're, we're really honored to have you, man. Hey, thanks. I mean, and part of it too is also, you know, just, I guess, um, practicing what you preach, right? You're trying to get out there and, and you know, make the market perceive you as an expert by putting content out there. And, um, you know, that's kind of like part of the way that we do it. Right. So, well, you, you are again in our, in our limited and, and kind of growing interactions. Um, one thing I'm, I'm really struck by and fascinated by is, is, and it's really clear and evident in, in the way that you, um, approach work and, 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 and approach the market you're a really generous dude, man. Like let's start there. Like jump me into the deep end of like why the generous mindset. I just think, um, that's just the way I've had the most success, you know, in business is really just trying to find people that appear to be, you know, like-minded and then, um, hooking up with them, trying to establish relationships and, you know, and being the first one to just go in and be a, um, a go-giver, you know what I mean? Go out there Mm. and, and give first and then, Cause you never know when you meet somebody, are they going to be you know, in it for themselves? Um, or are they going to reciprocate and kind of want to jump in and, and, you know, um, you know, work together. So I've just always had good luck taking the, you know, I guess taking the risk, I guess it doesn't seem too risky to me, but uh, most people, you know, I've been a pretty good judge of, of the people that are you know, like-minded, I guess. So it's just worked out really well. Um, and it works. I mean, occasionally you run into somebody who appears that way and then doesn't kind of reciprocate that much and, mm. and wants to be more of a taker than a giver. But this is pretty much how I've run, you know, run my business the whole way is just kind of jumping into the stuff. All, all, all of it. It's really going into business. You get a new client relationship. You put yourself all in. You got to make a new friendship or a new acquaintance. And there appears to be a way to cooperate. Then you go all in. Right. That's just kind of the way I've been. Um, just the mindset I have. I don't know. It's, it's worked out. So. Uh, and just turned 50 years old this year, so I'm not going to change. And, uh, you know, I've been burned a couple times here and there, but mm. overall it's just been, it's worked out really well. What are your, I just turned 40 and, and it's, so it's, it's a mindful, like it's a question I'm asking myself, but like, as you're entering this new decade, like what, what do you think the fifties have in store for you versus the forties? 
Um, I think for me, it's more, yeah, I kind of feel like I've got a lot in front of me still, but mm. I still have, I've been schooled quite a bit mm. and every year, you know, you learn something, you get your butt kicked, you, know, you learn something new and learn how to, um, just more life lessons. But I think I have a lot more clarity in, um, the types of companies that I want to work for. So mm. I spend a lot more time saying no. I spend a lot more time being more transparent, saying I'm really trying to create long-term relationships with other clients that are like-minded. I want to be treated, you know, more as an advisor and a partner more than just, you know, a vendor. So it's a less, mm. lot less time just trying to get the sale and more time trying to um, spend some time saying to uh, figure out, are we a good fit? And quite honestly, it's just a lot more time you know, saying no. We're just being honest and saying, hey, we're just probably not the best fit for you. So that's what I'm really focused mm. on more. And secondly, you know, our, everybody wants to tell a story. Stories, you know, kind of a big hot topic the last few years. A um, little bit of a story in our logo. We've got a big screaming gorilla. You know, <laughs> I love what it. I really want, <laughs> what I'm really trying to go after is, you know, we want to work with people who want to become the 800-pound gorilla. So that's the story behind our logo. It's the story why we've got a screaming logo you know wall art in our office it's the reason why we've got one on our website um so it's really more going after you guys being more specific about the yeah. types of client yeah. we go after and the ones that are really growth oriented want to go all in want to dominate not not just be good or great but want to be number one um in what they do and secondly i mean you might feel a little of this yourself i really feel this quite a bit you know i've been in this business exclusively for 15 years and i've had a lot of companies go from 400,000 in sales to 4 million in sales. Jeez. I've had some go from 4 million to 40 million in some cases. And what I've realized is us as marketers, we are typically, I think, undervalued by the market given what mm. the return that we can help get folks from. So we charge a fee, right? And we get a good fee for it. And quite often, it's usually seems to be pretty expensive in the beginning until it starts to generate an ROI. But when it does, all of a sudden we become really cheap, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you help somebody go to 4 million to 40 million, it's hard to like 10 X your fees. Right? <laughs> right. So what I've done the last couple of years is actually become more of an investor. So I've started two home mm. services businesses. I bought two franchises, uh, co-owned the, the home mag here in Kansas city and St. Louis. Um, and I've gone in more as an equity partnership with some other ventures so that my marketing skills, I can now get back more as a investor right? Owning 30 to 50% of some of these new ventures versus um, just going in as a service provider when we're able to charge you know, X amount of dollars a month. So that's the other part mm. of, I guess, our business is I'm really trying to get some more upside, take a little more risk since we've got a little more mature agency with, you know, with a number of clients and see selectively, can we go in there and help, you know, companies go from zero wherever they're higher, but then take a, you know, a bigger, is be more upside as, as an actual you know, equity partner. So not like we're going out doing tons and tons of those, but when the right opportunity comes along the next decade, that's really how I think we'll, I'll be able to turn. But already, you know, I'm pretty happy and we do well, right? But you get to a point where you're just like, hey, you know. What's next? Yeah. Like I said, you come to that realization where it's like, wow, man, there's all these, you know, you make all these, a lot of these companies um, help them grow. And I feel that a lot of marketers, not just me, anybody, a lot of marketers, you, they can never, if they're good, they can't ever really get the fee that they should get once they help mm. com companies get on that high growth path. Mm. Man, that's really fascinating. How, how do you, like when you're in that kind of dual interview of deciding if this is going to be a fit, what are some of the components that you've seen in those brands or companies or organizations or, or leaders that are good indicators or components of um, people that want to be that 800 pound grill? Like what are some things that kind of emerge typically as you're selecting who you work with? Well, every great company that I've worked with has in some way, shape or form been a fearless marketer when they've looked at marketing. And I can always tell when the people come to us and they say, we tried this or we, we tried that and we got burned or it didn't work. I, I look at every, strategic marketing investment as there's never really any true failures if you learn from it because hmm. pretty much everything can work if you got the right message and get get your right message in front of the right audience right so looking at so people that have that kind of mindset and we've tried some things we make some adjustments you know and look is it more as kind of their their path to growth versus 
we, you know, you hear people will say, we tried this and it didn't work. Well, it might not have worked because you didn't have the right strategy, the right message. Um, as long as you learn for it and, and tweaked and that kind of thing. So that's one thing is how they kind of treat, you know, marketing. Also, just do they look, um, how do they, how, what's their relationships been with their previous companies that they've worked with, right? Have they given them enough time? Um, I, you get some companies right off the bat that are just like, well, yeah, we had a, um, a medical practice that we did some work for recently and some of the companies wanted to wanted to sorry one of some of the owners wanted to hire us on to do some of the digital marketing and another one in that it was influential was like well i don't for what you're charging versus the amount of time that you're putting into it doesn't look like it's a you know, good deal and i was like well that's that's another sign right when somebody's trying yeah, to right break down your hours and not trying to figure out how much value and growth you can bring to a business. That's obviously somebody that's looking at you as a vendor and not as a partner. So um, stuff like that, we really just spend a whole lot more time on getting people to buy in to the strategy, right? That we're trying to grow things out and these are going to take some time. And do you believe in what we're doing and the processes that we're trying to put in front of you and the strategies? And are you willing to give that some time or are you just looking for, you know, Oh, it's not the working in three months. Yep. Right. Right. So it's, it's just a lot more time you know, trying to figure that out versus, you know, the other companies out there that are just, they'll just say whatever to get the sale, more sales oriented, right. Versus, and then we're just not in it for, for trying to get somebody on for six months and then have them feel like they're burned type of a thing. So those are the kind of questions that, you know, we'll ask ahead of time um, to try and get a feel for, you know, is this somebody who's really trying to, cause I mean, I'm sure I'm putting your words in your mouth, but at the end, I mean, we as marketers, I want to feel more like a advisor. Absolutely, right? man. Because I really feel like that's at the end of the day, and we've talked about this before. I'm basically like a financial advisor for marketing dollars. Yep. You're going to invest yeah. into us. We're going to invest it. And we're going to turn that money into growth for your business. So that's really at the end of the day. And then if we do that, if we do that right, then you stay with us forever because the more you invest in marketing, the more better return that you get. And that's really kind of how we want to be and be perceived a lot of us, I think in the marketing industry. Right. So just trying to have those conversations to see us, if the um, client or potential clients, you know, look at you as an expert or do they look at you as a commodity provider? Right. So mm -hmm. that's, that those are the conversations that we try and have. Yeah, man. And, and, and commodity always leads to like, how cheaply and how much can I squeeze out of you? Right. Like, which right. is, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm not interested in, in, in the opposite, the strategic partner in the advisor piece is like, Holy smokes. What good, you know, how, how much trust, how much value, how much like equity is built relationally on the, the, the backs of like the, the, the strategic, partnership side right i mean I, you're, you're speak. you did you put words exactly in my mouth and you said them even better than i did man so it's awesome um well no you're the same way um i am i mean when i when we partner up with a company i mean i feel like i've become part of the company it's my you know what i mean it's like my company and how it's my pride that's right um, i care about what we do you guys care about what you do it showed from day one that we first met um it's a big difference than just trying to do the work and get paid you know type of a thing and and so I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Uh, it is huge, man. I, I'm I'm struck here. You know, we're entering. We are in year four. We're we're, we're nearing the like the the four year mark here in, in our little uh, growing and changing and evolving agency. You've been slinging it for 15 years, man. Like it, since 05 to 2020, there there there's got to be some really big tent poles or pillars of. Um, both how your like your business has changed, but also how the industry has changed, right? Like you know, sometimes there's this like weird, oh yeah, we need to be doing SEO, and it's like, what the hell does that, what does that mean? Um, or we need to be you know better in our we got to improve our organic search, and people are like, well, what what does that mean? Do we buy that? Do we like have a people have somebody to do that? Is there some code that I need? Like I, I'd just be curious. I'm fascinated by like your 15 year journey through the explosion of like digital marketing has to have so many amazing stories. Yeah. I mean, in general myself too, like I'm not a coder, I'm not a web designer. I'm, I've got an MBA and I'm finance, you know, by training in school. So, and I didn't build my first website until I was you know, about 30, you know, 35. It's awesome. So, 
yeah, I went, uh, got out of school. I graduated finance, had a boring cubicle job for about three years. Couldn't do it anymore. Kind of had a mental breakdown, packed up my bag and moved to Asia. I lived there for 10 years, right? Oh, so that's I didn't know I'm, that. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So I've got kind of a storied background, but I lived in Asia for about 10 years, met my wife. Doing She's what? From Taiwan, her name's Vivian. Yeah. So had a great kind of a, you know, career there where it was really exciting. And I was a Chinese speaking Westerner during the dot-com era. So we helping you know, companies get uh, Asian investment funding during that period. And long story short, my last um, stint there, I worked for a company called three, two, one studios. I don't know if you remember the company Napster and like that. Oh yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Kind of stuff. So, yeah. Ripping it on like another one DVDs in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's another one called three, two, one studios that did DVD X copy which was a big title back in the, in the day when people were still buying yeah. DVDs and yeah. ripping them and stuff like that. So I actually worked for the biggest one software brand that was out there and we were helping them in Asia. But what struck me, um, this is again, right before we ended up moving back here because um, Hollywood ended up shutting them down. <laughs> so that was an interesting thing to be a part of, but sure. that was my first introduction to like online and SEO and all that kind of stuff. So this is the very early days of like Google and things like that. But so you had this software company that was making about $200 million a year. Damn. Most of the sales that were non-retail, which is about half of it, were coming from affiliate marketers, right? Which back in the day were people that just had banners on forums yep. and things like yep. that. So they'd come and I was running this part of the business. It was just blowing my mind that you know, people would go on these other forum websites, whatever they were, click on a banner, come to our website, buy a hundred dollar piece of software. And we were giving the big affiliates like 50% of the sale. So here I am, you know, running this business, not being a, again, not a coder, not going from technology. Um, we're writing checks for 50, 60, you know, $80,000 a month to these guys that were working Dang. a day a month. So I was like, wow, what's going on here? So the profit trail, you know, leads yep, back to yep. Google. <laughs> yep. So I was like, okay, I understand what's happening. People are looking for this stuff. They're ranking to go into these sites and people are clicking. So that really got my eyes open to, to SEO and how that works. So anyway, long story short, the whole company got shut down in the, in the States and around, you know, I ran it once it got shut down in the States, I actually ran it for them from Asia in Taipei, Taiwan. Then Hollywood came and basically applied the same law, you know, pressure and lobby. Yeah. So then it was just everybody and they had to shut it down there too. Um, so we, it was nice. We ended up selling what was left of the company. It was a decent payday, but it wasn't like ready to move to an island type of a thing. <laughs> so you moved to Casey. But it was <laughs> enough. Yeah, 2005, we moved back. We were comfortable. We ended up being able to buy kind of a nice starter house here. But I didn't know what to do that first year I was back. So I ended up buying a, a used car, and I went to this guy who um, had an auto detail shop. Okay. And he was doing these auto detailers for um, – for the dealerships at like $25 a car. Mm. And I said, dude, if you could go directly to the consumer market, you could probably charge 75 or a hundred or 200 or whatever it is. He had no way to do that. So I convinced him basically on a barter. I built the first like website that I ever built it was a Microsoft front page, one page website, purple and yellow. It was just it was awful. <laughs> That's awesome. But I applied what I learned from SEO from this software company that I was running. And you know, in about 60 days, He's ranking number one. Back then, it was a lot easier. <laughs> Phone ringing off the hook. He calls me. Literally, I could, he was crying and saying, "Dude, you've changed my business. You've changed mm. my life." Right at that time, like I knew exactly what I was supposed to do and be, and I was just like, it was the most fulfilling thing ever, and all the other things that I was doing. So, from that little barter, it led to a couple more barters, and you know, I started. So it wasn't like we were this. I wasn't, you know, starting in two thousand five. It's not like it took off. I wanted to stay home. My kids were born in 2009. I really kind of kept a pretty small operation mm. up until my kids went to school. Um, but it's been about the last you know, five or six years that I've really started to you know, invest in office space and employees and try and grow the business because my kids were you know, out of, in school and out of the house and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of my story, um, kind of a little wild you know, twists and turns. But I, um, yeah, I, learned, I learned SEO overseas and then just kind of, really made a promise to a guy that I wasn't sure I was going to keep. I figured, man, if I can't build a wow. website, get this thing to rank, I'll just, I'll pay for it. I'll find somebody else that could do it, but it worked. And, um, just kind of like a lot of SEO guys back in the day, a lot of DIY, just learning. Now you can take courses and you know, understand it, you know, a lot faster and quicker, um, than, well, than, you know, I kind of did, but. Or you, or you can read, yeah, or you can read a book called SEO for growth. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, right. um, what, what, man, that's fascinating. I had no idea you lived in Asia for 10 years. That's amazing. Um, 
what was the what was the like you know i think lots of folks especially in kc that are kind of they run in the marketing circles like john jance is a name that most have probably heard um and and has you know a a big reputation and and big influence um what was that connection how did that i'd be curious to know like how did you two co-write this awesome best-selling book yeah i um was one of those things where whatever it was about 10 years ago or so every once in a while you know you'll hear a book that that somebody mentions and then for me if i hear it four or five times i actually end up go buying it um, but duct tape marketing was one of those books where gosh by the time i heard yeah. it the five or fifth or sixth i actually went and bought it and i read it you know here i'm reading it and i'm just like i'm starting to read some things in there that were very familiar like some of my clients were in there like bob hamilton plumbing was in there there's a couple other ones mm. that um that uh, I'd noticed, and I was like, okay, I gotta look this guy up. Looked him up. He's in Kansas City, and and because um, you understand, back when I'm gonna take a step back here. Back when I started SEO, I'm really kind of an introvert by nature, so um, SEO was great for me because I could yeah, be kind of in yeah. the back cave back in the day and not have to deal with anybody. And I had my first <laughs> website didn't have my picture, my name, or my address. It would just rank, and people would call, and I could get them all sorts of results. I would have to talk to them. It's perfect for an introvert, That's right? That's awesome. Now, now, we can talk about how things have changed because now Google wants expertise, authority, and trust. They want to see your face. So that's, that's why you start writing books and being on podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a totally different. They mm-hmm. basically kind of chased me out of my hole. But that's really what got me into SEO. I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but then but then when it happened, I'd already kind of started to see back in that time was when people started talking about you know content more and getting more outside of, hey, we're not going to be able to get the results we can with just like keyword manipulation and backlinks and all that kind of stuff that was really easy back in the day. So that drew me into duct tape marketing, which is the more holistic approach to marketing, that kind of stuff. And I read the book. I realized there was a local connection. Then he pulled me in with his inbound marketing, right? He was the expert. He drew, um, got me into it. So he's got a mastermind you know, marketing group called Duct Tape Marketing consultant network i joined it and quickly Mm. when i got in there i kind of established myself i think as probably one of the top seo guys and because there weren't that many most of them were were kind of just general marketers and there really wasn't an seo person or a couple seo people i was definitely one of the ones that did it almost exclusively so long story short is i quickly kind of i guess established myself as somebody who has some extra expertise and knowledge um and it was really cool in that group is and we've talked about this and we're, we're going to be working on a couple of these, hopefully, <laughs> including your own, is the first day I walked into that group, a guy by the um, – a guy, um, a fellow duct tape marketer handed me a book and he's like, hey, here's a copy of the book I just wrote. I thought it was the coolest thing Absolutely. I'd ever seen. And I was like, wow, man, that's this is going to be like one of my um, lifetime you know, bucket list type things professionally is to have my own book. Well, after he had heard my presentation, he right at the end of that uh, out of that that day, that first annual meeting that we had, he invited me on a book project. And within six months, I had my first Amazon bestseller, which is called Local Lead Generation. So it was awesome. I mean, the whole process was really awesome. That really opened my eyes up because once you write a book, especially back then, I mean, it's the you know, it, it's just by definition authority, right? Totally, and it totally. sets you apart, and you drop the it's the ultimate business card. And there's all sorts of things that sends an authority ripple across the internet. What's really amazing about it is it's not like it was back in the day where you had to come up with a ton of money and get a publisher. With Amazon self-publishing, you know, it's a lot easier to achieve yeah, that goal yeah. um, to do it. But that that's kind of what drew me in. So I got in with duct tape. I established myself um, kind of as an SEO expert. I wrote that first book. Um, after we wrote the first book, I noticed there were a bunch of things like I do with a lot of uh, really, I think one of my superpowers, if I have one is looking at processes and trying to, and getting many more benefits out of just that one thing. So I looked at our initial book project called local lead generation. I was like, wow, we missed a lot of opportunities to get more value out of this book. So after we had that first one, I then went to John with the idea of, hey, we should we should create you know an SEO book for for entrepreneurs and business owners and stuff like this. And here's kind of all the things that I'd like to do to create an authority platform, you know, with the book. So again, I because I went in there and he'd seen my stuff and I'd helped I established myself kind of as an expert and authority in the group. He was comfortable with me yeah, co-writing yeah. a book with me. So you know, a lot of times how this works too is John contributed a lot to it. But what ends up happening is when somebody like me goes and writes a book with a, a brand name author, the grunt work falls on the guy without the name, right? <laughs> sure, sure. And As a John probably was should, able right. to come in and add his ten cents and A lot of John in that book, but there's a lot of the work. 
by by the way it should be you know it's just like when people yeah. go with the phds and all kind of stuff they're out running around doing <laughs> doing the doctor's work right so that's kind of how it worked in that piece so it was a great opportunity for me to ride his coattails into influence all of a sudden i wrote a book for him now people are inviting me on their podcast mm-hmm. they're listening to what i have to say because i'm associated with him so you know i had a master plan with what i was i was doing but you know how i got into his good graces is by exactly how you led this conversation I gave, gave, gave to that group, right? I kept, I get, I gave them all my knowledge. I trained, I helped people out. John saw that I was a giver. When I came to him and asked for something, he was comfortable. And that's, that's how, that's how my kind of a giving mindset returns back. So it really does pay itself back um, when you do it the right way. And in this case, I actually wrote a best selling book. And I got a best selling book out of it because I'm the one that took the risk to, to over give, I think to this, well, I say get to really contribute, you know, to the group that I was in. I didn't just sit back and withhold knowledge and not help people. I, I tried to take the other route and it really paid off. That's beautiful, man. I just, I'm like scribbling notes as fast as I can, because I think it's such a, it's such a different mindset. And, and especially in kind of this this like service based like let's fight for the the breadcrumb piece of the you know pie that's left over mentality which is back to your commodity conversation also um when when folks approach this through this like really divisive competitive like what's in it for me mindset it, it the, the the my experience has been the tail end of that is like breadcrumb work with like low value and like not much trust and not much like margin and no fun. Right. And, and when you approach this group of smart, thoughtful people and just show up and give without expectation, like you don't do it for that, this reason, but the, the result is like growth and abundance and beautiful things that start to develop. Like it's so, so obvious that it's um, worth like highlighting. Totally. And then you start to build a crew around you that are givers like you. And that's where it starts to kind of, I guess, snowball over time. Right. So, but, but I think the other part of it is you have to be willing to get burned and not, and not get upset about it. Yeah, that's right. Cause there's lots of people that just don't have that mindset and it's just not the way they're wired or maybe they can't afford, they don't look at it that way. I mean, a lot of people, when they go out and you give their best stuff up, they feel like they're losing. Right if I do this or I help somebody out and don't get anybody anything in return, then, you know, I've lost or I got burned or I get, I get better about it. You just have to be willing to understand that through no fault, sometimes of somebody else's, you know, even though they have best intentions, they're not going to reciprocate. And it's not going to be one of those one plus one equals four or five or six type of thing. Right. That's awesome. Man. And then you just stop. Then you just, you can't, I mean, you still, not, you, I mean, I'm always still trying to keep relationships you know, with people as the best that I can, but you know, maybe that kind of part, the investment in the partnership, you know, you can't afford this. You can't afford to keep giving forever if somebody's not going to reciprocate, right? So at some point you got to kind of move on, but try and keep the friendship and the relationship in place, but maybe not invest as much as you were if you determine. But that's, I, don't, I think as, as I'm saying this, it really sounds kind of uh, like I'm a user or something like that. No, no, no. It's not really like that, but. Yeah, what, what um, I'm hearing you though, what I'm hearing you say is like, there, there's there's an abundant generous mindset but then there's boundaries to it like it's not it's not a uh, like yeah I, i'm i'm hearing you man it, it has nothing to do with being using or being used it has everything to do with like if there's value in me giving i will continue to give without expectation of return if if you're if you're not willing to accept it or if you're using me like i'm gonna just have a normal boundary to like stay in my yard. That's okay. Like, it's okay if that's how you want to receive my giving. Totally. So like I said, it's kind of worked out and it's like, it's, it's worked out. I just, I'm never going to change. That's kind of the way I am. But I think I'm also got the, the mindset where I don't, I don't feel like it's like I tell some of my clients with um, anything, you know, you want to be out there and you want to be sure you're, you're documenting your successes and getting reviews and all that kind of stuff. But you just have to realize that, Every once in a while, you're going to try your best and somebody's going to be unreasonable. Mm. I call that kind of behind closed doors, which is just public right now. I call it paying the a-hole tax. <laughs> you're going to have to pay it, you know, every once in a while, which is more reason to be proactive about it, doing stuff. But you can't beat yourself up, you know, when that happens. So I think that just kind of happens. Look, you have to pay it every once in a while through no fight of your own because somebody's had a bad day or a bad thing or something else happened. And you That's just right. kind of have to move on and not be bitter bitter about it or spend too much time thinking about it 
right? And just spend on the positives. So that's yeah. my, that's the way. Uh, man, it's, a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful approach and, and it's evident in your, in your team. Um, and we don't have exposure to your full team, but the, the group that we have worked with specifically grant, it's like, dude, that guy is just, he, he, he's, he, the, the values are the same like as you, right? Like it's obvious and intentional, but, um, it, it's really, well, it's, the same. it's, it's really the same evident. with you guys. The same. I mean, it's the exact same, right? It kind of comes in and, and same deal. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, Everybody should go buy the book, but for those who don't, um, what are three like tips or, or, you know, big nuggets of the book, big components that you labored over that, that would be worth folks knowing about? Um, you know, I think a lot to me comes back to web design, even though I think web design is a grind, um, having the right website, treating it as a marketing and authority platform, yep. making sure that it's a referral source for all of your content. I think that's a really important thing that people miss. Um, you know, one of the things that we spend a lot of time with clients is like, okay, you hire somebody like yourselves or somebody does stuff in-house and they put all their best content up on social media where it's got a six hour shelf life and mm -hmm. it's never documented on the internet where it can become the answer to somebody's problem or, um, or a solution, right. Or something That's that right. can be like archived. So trying to get people into that mindset where it's like, Hey, let's tie everything back you know, to the site so that you can get multiple wins, not just that one real time yep. social win or video win or, or impression that you're getting, but, you know, get everything back to the site. So it's all documented there where it can be get, you get multiple wins. So that's one thing. Also just planning stuff out. Like we've talked before, um, understanding, I, honestly, I think the biggest thing to understand is, you know, when I came into SEO early on, which is search engine optimization, right. Being found on Google, it was really just about rent, you know, searching something on, on Google, you know, coming up first or on the first page or what have you, and then getting that click so that you can get a lead or a sale. That still is largely how the way you know, people would traditionally find SEO. But to me, what it's, what's really transformed into what's more important, which I hope everybody understands because there's so, so many ways to grow your business through this, is trying to develop a Google mindset, right? Google's become... Hmm a monopoly they're part of the modern purchase process they know everything about um your competitors your business and your buyers they know what people need to see on a website to buy from it um so understanding and this is kind of how it was not rankings in the past were great because you got traffic and leads and sales now when you see rankings to me it just becomes because google's out there and they can they can process so much more information it becomes just a really great marketing kpi it really means when you see somebody ranking high for an important keyword that they're doing everything right. They've got the right website. They got the right content. They're participating in social media. They're getting reviews. They're establishing themselves as experts. They have authority. People trust them. It's all those things that they're able to like process mm. now, mm. which were 15 years ago when you're asking me, it was like two things, links and keywords. Now it's like 200 things mm. that when you tie them together, it looks like holistic, yeah. like calibrated, good digital marketing, right? So if you can get, if I can get people to understand, that's really what we try and show in the book is if you can understand how Google thinks and how they look about your business and its footprint on the web and how it relates back to your website, you can get tons more wins and more visibility. And I think even more just ROI out of all your marketing dollars than just going after the return on these kind of mini tactical launches, if that makes sense. hundred percent, hundred percent makes sense. It's beautiful. So that's really kind of what we tried. It's pretty funny because we've got like, yeah, we've got everybody. We've got haters on books and stuff. So we got, I think we've got 90 or 100 reviews on Amazon. And one of them was like, this isn't an SEO book. This is a marketing book. It's like, well, <laughs> that, it was like a one but, but that's the whole point. It's like yeah. SEO to me now is, so to me it was almost like a great review and then it was like making the point is that that's what SEO has become. It's become like holistic marketing that's, you know, content keyword focused. So you're still making content around the things that people are actually searching for when they, when they're considering buying something. Um, but it takes in all marketing and not just, not just a little sliver of it. Yeah, man. Like you can't, you can't like, uh, tactic your way to good SEO. You can't like be the, the, the O five version maybe, right? Like you said, there's two things now it's like, no, to have, it's a living, breathing relationship with real humans who are, 
needing solutions to stuff and, and they're 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 in pain they're in hope they're in uh, a state of desire like to connect to them it is not simply having like the right buzzwords in your metadata or whatever it is it's like no that the, and that's how i love the way you guys specifically approach the build of the site let alone the ongoing stuff but it's all through the lens of the customer. It's all through the lens. It's the story brand framework, which we ripped our whole business model off of Donald Miller. Right. <laughs> it's like, but, I mean, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, 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 time out. Like, it's not about your damn product. It's about them. And it's about how, to, how, does, how does the strategy and the process that I um, show them to show the world, how does it serve them? How does it help them? How does it make their life better? How does it well, you, take you their have pain that away? on your website and it, it actually struck me. I thought such an, I actually remembered it and it's like in somewhere, I don't know if it's your homepage or where it's on there, but it's like, it's not really about us or about you. It's about your customers, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. what everything's about. We're trying to, you know, put those guys on a pedestal. So, totally. I mean, you have, a, it's so eloquently put on your site, but that's exactly, you know, what we're trying to do. I don't know if you run into this or not. Maybe some of the story brand stuff might be going over some listeners heads, but I think what ends up happening when we start talking about story brand, unless we really drill it into our clients or prospective clients head is they think we're going to tell, we want to tell, it's the most important part of this telling mm. our story. Oh, we want to tell our story. Well, I think it, yeah, obviously you need to do that, right? We want a website has to have a good place where people can go and understand the story of the actual client. But the really, to me, the story band piece is, is not your story. It's telling That's the right. customer's story, right? Amen. It's, it's showing their case study or whatever and their thing and how they, you solved their problem and you've, you've improved, you know, that their stories on a different, their, their life stories on a better trajectory now because you came in and, and guided them and, and, and helped them solve a problem or a series of problems. So, uh, but I always start to time we'll say certain things and people are like, Oh, web design is about design or story, storytelling story, but it's about our story. So you kind of maybe, you know, always kind of yeah, help man. people make sure to keep the eye on the ball. And that is, you know, like you just saying, calibrate everything, with the, and that's the one thing I think where SEO comes into it. If you're thinking about keywords, it really is customer centric. Absolutely, you're, you're you're thinking about the you're focusing on the words that they're thinking of that's at right. the exact moment that they want that thing or that problem solved. That's why Google forces you to almost be like a story in some ways. You know what yep. I mean? Because you're yep. focusing on the keyword. Well, the keyword is the thing that people are actually looking for. It's not you. Like we get a lot of times, well, doctors or whatever, and they want to put their credentials and stuff right well let's put stuff up there that people are actually searching for right because it's about them it's not about us so (laughs) so he he brings it full circle though for sure because seo is a little more kind of coming from the technical where i think uh story brands more a little bit more kind of on the creative piece but it all kind of meets back at the customer right yeah man it's so good and yeah you're 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 the work you're you and your team do uh is not templated so don't hear i hope our listeners don't hear this the wrong way but the structure is really similar whether you guys are working with a, a roofing company or an insurance agency, right? Like you're building this. Oh, it's a system for sure. Yeah, this it's framework system, that man. yeah, that's like gives them a million chances to keep saying yes. You're 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 listening to me. You know me. You're solving my problem. I want to talk to you. <laughs> it's like it's build just, a website around your. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think we're so fanboying each other. <laughs> Which is part a lot of the things that we do in terms of understanding how people, you know, search for things, building a website that's really integrated and tied into the rest of the internet the right way. You know, at the end of the day, when we build these great systems in place that are basically kind of the digital version of what companies are offline, right? It's just connecting people to all the other channels and things that they have in the way they get the most credit for, and then we need content for it. Right. Mm. And for us, we're not we're okay content creators and we need content because once you build there's a great website with great SEO and don't fuel it with content, then um, you're not going to get the results. So our contents, you know, that we provide, but we're not you know, that's not our main core strength is good enough to get lead. But I mean, obviously, it's a lot better, which is why I'm so excited. We're so excited to be working with you guys because you bring it to another level, which then brings the ROI to another level. Right. When you get real authentic content plugged into a professional, you know, SEO driven system, magic happens. So that's uh, that's uh, we're likewise, you've been kind of giving us some compliments. I mean, it kind of comes right back at you because, you know, you're kind of you've been kind of the missing missing piece to us 
and helping us raise our game. So it's awesome. Yeah, no, do you, you said, yeah, fanboy, totally, at least this way. Uh, so the <laughs> well, one anecdote, just to like bring it into real life, is uh, the, the project we're working on, which I'm okay saying the name if you are, but sure. The, okay, so our friends at Lumber One, so out in DeSoto, Kansas, and, and they're, they're just Who like, introduced us. Yep, yep, totally. <laughs> so we'll totally. always be connected there. Yep, absolutely. So just last week, David on our team, sends Grant on your team, hey, here's the lumber one blog post for the week, whatever it was, right? And it's like we've we've like labored in the kitchen over every every word. Grant writes back within like twelve minutes because he's timely and responsive and thoughtful and caring. Hey David, this is amazing, man. Like great work. You know, team team's killing it. Good job. Um, we'll get this posted on Friday. We're gonna do our thing with some of the keywords like yada yada, right? Like super, super thoughtful response. David then chimes back in. Hey Grant, like, is there anything that um, we could do better for you to like make sure that we incorporate those words on the front end? Grant writes back, "No, man, like everything's really good. It you guys are, are the the piece that helps make this thing better." And it was I kind of watched the flurry for a few minutes, going, "Holy crap! Like this is two guys in this particular instance, two dudes who give a big crap about their client and the ways that um, that Lumber One is trying to tell the story and grow." their influence into the 800 pound gorilla. And it was just this really like, I thought pretty view of the, the distinction between grant bringing this really thoughtful, caring, technical, Hey, we're going to refine this just a touch. You did a great job. We're going to, you know, put the parsley on this side of the plate instead of this side. Um, and, and, and David going like, Hey man, how could, how could I serve you better? Grant, like grant's not Grant's our partner. Grant's not our client, right? And it was just this really cool, I thought, um, way that 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 hopefully the the marketing landscape can continue to evolve into more of that. Where it's like, no, it's and actually, it's not even really about Ben and Kevin and the Lumber One crew. It's actually about like the home builders that are buying from them and how do we how do we incorporate their mindset into everything we're doing? You know, it's just it's super fun. But and it- I mean, this is so awesome. I mean, I'm beaming here because the biggest thing that I hear when you say something like that, not only there's so many awesome things that happen, but the biggest thing to me is really that both sides care so much. Nobody's like trying to slop it and say, get this. Okay. We just posted it. You know what I mean? And that's where the magic happens. It's that last little bit, you know, of, you know, like, like it's, you know, football is a game of inches, right? It's the same thing with digital marketing and SEO. It's those last things where caring people kind of put those final touches on stuff that really are the difference between 10, you know, 10 clicks and one click or a first page and a second page or, you know, a hundred engagements or, you know, one engagement, you know what I mean? Uh, It's that stuff. So it's so awesome to see. That's why like I got so hyper, you know, oh my gosh, because we (laughs) talked about this. We talked about this before. Well, you're going to be on my podcast soon, but I want to talk about this more in depth, but, there's a lot of heartache for companies mm. with marketers. Absolutely. Just getting lazy or getting, you know, not just doing the minimum. Yep. Um, or just not executing at all. Right. I mean, there's, we, I talked about a couple of cases where some people will sign up for stuff and this work just doesn't get done. Um, so to get somebody that can not only have the creativity and the talent, but also be able to execute in a way that gets, in our case, the content that we need to get our mutual client, the results that we're kind of trying to push on our side, it yep. just makes all the difference in the world, right? So, but um, there's a lot of pain. Of that. That's one thing I want to talk to you when you're on my podcast is how you guys do it. I mean, why is it a struggle for other people to mm-hmm. get, you know, blog posts or videos? And you guys seem to be able to crunch out really solid, awesome, creative content on a regular basis. Um, where a lot of other companies have a lot of trouble doing that. Mm. Yeah, man. No, it's, I'll be honored to, to ramble about that. <laughs> so, Sweet. Um, hey, give, give me three minutes on podcast bookers. And I, I'm a, like total nerding out on the possibility of podcasts, both from an authority perspective, but, all, but more importantly, like the, the clients we serve, like they should be hosting their own. And we're doing this a little bit like in, in fits and spurts, but like, we're trying to build a practice around, hey, your company has a story to tell. Like somebody from the company should tell it in audio form and interview interview your employees, interview your customers, interview your key partners, tell the story of your start. Like brands as like storytellers, um, I think this form has a really unique way to, to do that. Um, so I'm like super intrigued by what you're doing with podcast bookers. So tell us about that. So yeah, it all came to, Really back to, I'm going to have to give uh, John Jansen props for this because he 
he came and he's been every meeting that I've been to and every conversation over the years, he'd always kind of come back to, he was one of the original like, podcasters back right. in like 2005 or whatever it was. Because what happened is podcasting became really big and then social media yep. came and podcasting kind of fell back. But then obviously now podcasting is last couple of years has been on fire and it's here to stay basically. So he had always said the reason why he thinks his the original book, he's written several since, became a best uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller was because a podcast. Podcast mm-hmm. gave him the access to people. You know, he wrote a book. All of a sudden, he could interview like Seth Godin and all these mm-hmm. kind of top name people. Uh, uh, just a bunch of them. The list goes on and on. But it was that podcast that really, for him, he was always like, oh, it just gave me such great access because I had a podcast. And then you know, he had the book on top of it. He could actually out, reach out to these influencers at the time. And then that helped. He would basically rode their coattails, right? Because they had their own audiences. So that always struck me. It always kind of came with me. And I always was wanted to kind of do my own podcast or a couple guys in the group that, that had them too. But it just seemed like, mm. like, it seemed like so much work. Then I came across, well, maybe an easier way to do this to get started is to actually be a guest on mm. other people's podcasts. Mm. And the first time I did one, I was just absolutely blown away by how much work yep. the host does on your behalf, right? You go in, you interview, you talk, give kind of your best picture, your best advice for, for, for someone. And then somebody goes in, does an episode page, shares in their social media, a lot of types on email. It's like a, basically a little mini personal branding campaign for your 20 or 30 minutes of time. Mm. It's unbelievable. But what was really awesome is me coming from an SEO background. Everybody that has an established podcast, which is, you know, around the 30 to 40, maybe 50 podcast mark is an advanced content marketer. The, the trust on their site is already a lot higher than most other websites. So from my perspective, when you get a link or a mention on an advanced content marketer site, you get a lot of direct and indirect SEO value. Mm. Okay. So the first thing was like, well, you get great backlinks. Because almost every you, t- you mention somebody, you mention your website, they'll put the resource links back to your properties. Well, if you go out in the link building world, which is trying to get a mention on a site that's an advanced content marketer site where we can get into the metrics and stuff, but a decent just backlink, with, you know, one from a good legitimate website is going to cost you anywhere from two hundred to maybe a thousand dollars. And here you go, and the, somebody's doing this all this other work on your behalf, right? You're on their show. You're in their social media channels. They're talking about you. Um, it's just this awesome way to get out there. And then if you think about how well, – I think we talked about this a little bit – how Google is really, in my opinion, shifted from trying to rank websites and content to more about trying to rank people yeah. so that they understand people more and they can associate people with content and establish that person as an expert if they're tied to the right website the content will rank higher because that person now has the signals on Google mm. that says they are an expert in authority. And we can go into this in detail another time, but there's a whole program that they have where they get people focused over the years on different things to determine what is a high quality web page. And more and more over the years, it's shifted from mm. the site and the content to the author of the content. So if you start getting into this podcast mm. booking thing, where again, you're getting booked as an expert on third party shows they're saying, like you said at the beginning of the show, because I sent you my bio and you read it off, right? I put the words in your mouth. Phil Singleton's an expert. That gets out distributed in podcasts, distributed on iTunes and all the other, you know, Podbean and Spotify and all those places, right? Sends an authority ripple out every time. And by definition, we're screaming to Google saying, Phil's an expert. Now I've been on over 100 podcasts, I've proven to Google. I'm an expert. So now every time that I write a content that has my name associated with, it's got more value because now in Google's eyes, I'm an expert. So this is the one thing that podcast guesting does that I think is the biggest bang for the buck of anything that I've ever done. That is, Mm. if you do this thing where we come take a step back and do these what I call authority campaign, which really comes back to keywords. We talked about this before. Let's figure out the keywords are. Let's do a blog series for the clients. Let's create an ebook. Let's turn the ebook into a Kindle, right? Now they're an author, they're an expert. Let's use the Kindle then, or the book that they've written, to establish a guesting campaign where now we can say, hey, Joe Podcast, my our client here has written a book on this subject matter. Would you like to have my guest on your show? 
now we're getting them guested on these podcasts where again the hosts are doing a lot of the work like if you think about what ends up going into it like oh. a, like a program like you have dude it's a lot went and asked, oh, i know it's a t- if you went and asked and said hey i just phrase it differently and say hey you know what i'd like you to go and spend an hour with me and then write up a one page you know thing on your website all about me and how i'm an expert in my niche <laughs> and all my great ideas they'd say okay five thousand you know it'd be like something ridiculous totally say, no. totally but then all of a sudden you go and say hey, i'm an expert can i be on your show now all of a sudden you just got you know, on the side, establish the same thing. So to me, it's an enormous oh, amount of value. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just the, and then a lot of times what we'll do is and you'll see this at the end is we take these campaigns on podcast bookers and then we'll ask people like I'll ask you at the end. Hey, did you think I was a good guest? Did I bring value to your audience? Would you mind going to my Google page and leaving me a review? Not saying that you, I did work for you, but mm-hmm. that saying, was I a good guest on your show? What kind of value did I bring? So then we got our clients getting Google reviews, right, off of the same campaign. So if you take a step back and you say, let's tie this all into our whole content plan that's got the the keywords and the blogs and the Kindle. Now we've got podcast bookers that takes that and then gets you guested out there on the the rest of the Internet. All sorts of things, you know, good things start to happen from you're talking to the audience, right? You're You're getting direct access to somebody's audience like I am now. But you're getting all these other benefits if you structure the campaign the right way. Cause if you don't ask for a review, you don't get the review. If you don't say, Hey, can you put these resources on the episode page? You don't get the backlog. Yep. You know I mean? So you kind of yep. have to have a plan and execute it right. But if you do, you get much more than just that one shot access to the audience, which is just that real time, one time download. Right. Whereas if you do a campaign the right way, you can get like 10 times more benefits if you've got a plan in place. And um, that's what podcast bookers is all about. It's really it's kind awesome. of the, the cherry at the the, the end of um, this kind of an SEO content driven authority campaign that we do. Um, and at the end, we talked about it. Ended on this. It's nice to get the clients involved. It's really shiny. It's out there. It's a guest post is a guest post, but a blog you're on a, sh- or a, po- a podcast you're on a show. It's a lot more shiny. It's got more production value. So there's just so many more yeah. things. And you and I know it's not. It's work, but it's not for what it does. It's not a well whole worth lot it. of work. That's right. right. Well exactly. worth it. Yeah, well worth it. Well said. You 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 articulated uh, beautifully because your process focused, and I'm like not. Nah, I'm the opposite of that. You've articulated my hunch that's been this like budding, um, you know, shiny thing to chase for the last twelve months. Is like no, I think there's like a real application to, and like the 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 nuance of a of an audio like a, of an actual conversation versus a written versus a written word blog blogs are way important video is way important audio is such a fun medium because you can get into like depth and nuance and tone of voice and the whole thing it's just it's super fun dude I, well so you don't, here's, i'll give you one other thing with, if i can sorry to keep you up, but the one other thing that i love about from an seo standpoint is there's a big thing in seo called dwell time on a web page so if you use your website a lot of people don't do this they'll go out and they'll just market their podcast up on the third party whatever spotify or i you know what i mean or Libsyn, and they don't they don't drive people back to their mm. own site like you do this which mm. is the right way but what i'm getting at is google spends a lot of time looking at how long people stay on a page it's called dwell time so all you need is one or two people to stay on your website and listen to it for a few minutes or even longer if they <laughs> if they listen to like 20 minutes you're getting a huge on-page seo signal interesting so that's just another thing, right, that adds a ton of value is uh, getting that, uh, you know, hosting on it, making sure you're doing it from your own website. And then, again, when you go out and share your podcast, you're sharing from your site, right? You're not sending 100%. people to iTunes. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, that's that's the that's the one there. So Yeah, and, and like, we, we are a little bit cobbler shoes here where we don't have our own um, robust and disciplined content cadence. But one, the one that we do have consistently is the podcast release, which is every Wednesday. And... By far, without question, every time, it is the the single biggest driver to our site. Period, all the time, um, and and like, yeah, it, it from a tactic perspective, it's there's a, a million more benefits than this, but like the 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 push back to our site and getting people exposed to what we're doing um, is, has been super fun, dude. I told you I'd take 35 minutes of your time because you're so busy and <laughs> we're, fast, yeah, so. we're at 53. Uh, we end each show with the same five questions. Um, and yeah. I can't wait to hear your answers, man. So number one, um, what is your go-to t-shirt? 
Gosh, I have like on, on a Saturday morning or whatever. John, I got a Johnny Cash T-shirt. I think from uh, yes. um, <laughs> from the, where is it? Target? I think I got a couple of years ago. So love it. Just for whatever reason, it's a cool shirt, and it's the most comfortable one I have. So beautiful, beautiful. Uh, besides SEO for growth, what is the last book that you've read or listened to? I have to say. Story brand, I think, is the last one I can remember. Yeah. Only because I read it twice. I read it once a couple of years ago, and again, just pretty recently. And it's pretty funny every time I read through it. I still I run back to my website and make some changes. But, um, <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, that's a it's a it's a game changing book. Everybody has to read that. Um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid? If I weren't afraid, man, I'd probably go to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're so really conservative on that. I have asthma. My son does too. So we haven't, yeah, man, man, we've been more locked down than most people. So yeah, that's kind that, of giving that up there, but yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing. Um, the, if it, what, what is your, sorry, I'm like, I forgot my fourth for a second. What's your favorite place on earth? Well, I mean, I think you, we told you, I, I, I fulfilled kind of a, felt like it was going to be a lifelong dream brought us kind of a small acreage property in missouri man we just want to be there all the time it's It's a great place it's kids are loving it it's got pretty much everything that we've ever kind of wanted in terms of a place to kind of have recreation with the ponds and atvs and fishing and hunting and um my wife wants to put a chicken coop on it and all sorts of stuff so it's just that's the place we, it's, it's we liked it so much we're like gosh are we gonna be are we gonna be like building should, a house should probably move. Moving now? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but um that's it right now dude that's awesome i'm jealous um all right last one when it's all said and done bro what do you want to be remembered for um man that's a great question i always just everything to me i it just kind of comes always back to my kids you know it's like even in our book I dedicated yeah. my parts. I got twin boys and, um, you know, I'm always just thinking, man, what can I pass on to them that can make them a net benefit to society, you know, happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Whatever I can do to pass on to my kids, you know, to make sure that they're good people and become a net benefit to society and are, and are happy, you know, in what they do. I mean, if that's all I'm remembered for, then I won. Oh, amen, bro. Well said. Um, I love that answer. Where can people, we'll, we'll include all this obviously in the, in the links. And by the way, like you sending a bio and a headshot in advance alleviates about seven steps in our process that like are kind of clunky and hard. (laughs) So thank you. Um, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, like you served us. And again, of course, it's like you wrote the bio with things that are helpful for you, but like it, it is, um, that, that is a giving mentality, even the way that you you sent that to us. And I'm I'm like, shit, I didn't do that for you. (laughs) Right. Right. It's awesome. Um, but where can people find you? Where, where can they get the book? Where can they check out the agency? So we've got Casey Web Designers, kind of my flagship, you know, um, website where we do most of our website work. We've got a separate SEO service site called KCSEOPro.com. Um, did I cut out any of this? Yeah, just for a second, my... but we can still hear you. But it was a little soft. You're back. Yeah, my uh, my headset kind of clipped up. So then I've got that. I've got um, SEO for Growth. It's just SEOforGrowth.com. That's where the book is, and podcast bookers is podcastbookers.com. Um, and those are kind of the the main places where you know you can find out and get most of our great stuff. I am on KCSEO Pro pretty soon here. Gonna have um, it's been a goal of mine just for a while, but I'm gonna try and you know coursify a lot of our knowledge and process on that site. Smart. And I'm really doing it for selfish reasons. I really want to do it for onboarding of the people that we bring on, but I'm yeah. still gonna try and maybe monetize it because a lot of people ask us like. Yeah, when you worksheet for the way you do a blog and this, you know, all this stuff, the podcast, the podcast thing you said, you got a process sheet for that. So we're going to try and wrap all that up that's and that'll smart. be up on the case. Right. So that's, that's coming smart. soon. Yeah. We, we've, we've like, uh, whiteboarded that for us. And it, then it's like, yeah, we got like 5 million other like real things to do right now. Um, right. So for, for, that would be fun for us to dream about together at some point. All right, man, you have uh, been obviously, but I don't want to uh, I don't want to take advantage of it. You've been incredibly generous, man. And I'm really thankful, uh, thankful for this hour and, and, and more importantly, thankful for our relationship and the ways that you served the folks who follow along with our story, dude. Oh, I yeah. I'm just so excited about meeting you and our new friendship and all the great things we're going to do together. So 
thanks uh, thanks so much for having me on the show too it's a real real privilege and an honor cheers to 800 pound gorillas all right <laughs> buddy thanks so much phil we'll talk soon as always thank you for listening your attention is super valuable so thank you for giving it to us if you're a fan of the show please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this i would really appreciate it until next time when we get to share another great conversation with you have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story